0: There are times when all the world's asleep. The questions run too deep for such a simple man. Won't you please, please tell me what we've learned. I know it sounds absurd. Please tell me who I am. I'm Winston. I'm a writer and editor at Tech in Asia. For most of my childhood, I could do no wrong. Great results, I liked sports, picked up a couple of instruments and was decent at all of them. Everything came easy. Then I turned 15. My results created, because I started putting all of my time and energy into my extracurricular club at school. It was all I really cared about, but the funny thing was I wasn't even good at it. I even failed as a student leader because of my immaturity. The honeymoon was over. I had never failed before in my life, and now I was failing at seemingly everything important. I hadn't needed to build a strong work ethic, but now I had to put in the hard miles. From then on, even when I did succeed, I wouldn't congratulate myself much, if at all, for fear of slipping up again. Worse still, by the time I turned 18, I was left with almost no friends. I was very alone and had some serious questions about my worth as a human being. All these years later and with many more character trials passed and failed, the scars don't fade. I've gotten better at managing my emotions but self-doubt, imposter syndrome, burnout, these things are never that far away. It's a tiring way to live. Could there be an alternative? In my work, I regularly speak to people doing great, important things with tech and startups. And even they often encounter high-stress situations and failures. Maybe they have the answers to this as well? Welcome to Vibe Check, Mental Health in the Startup World, a Tech in Asia podcast where I talk to startup leaders and mental health experts to see what I can learn from them when it comes to managing my mental well-being. First, I wanted to find out what the current lay of the land in mental health is like, especially in the wake of COVID-19. Was what I've been going through unique? And if I'm to seek help, what are the larger movements that could point me in the right direction? And where better to start than with the co-founder of a mental health app? My first stop was with
1: Theodoric Chu, CEO of Intellect. Uh Born and raised in Singapore, I've been through the effective yet stressful education system um, and struggle of anxiety when I was in, in secondary school. So when I was 16, I had my first panic attack and started to see a therapist since I was 16. It wasn't my intention
0: to bash the Singapore education system in this series, but that's now two people who had their first mental health reckonings during their schooling days. Anyway, while I turned inward to find my answers, Theo's decision to seek external help opened his eyes to the big picture of mental health care in Singapore.
1: I think the second key thing is it really exposed to me as well, the gaps in our mental health care system, especially over the years. Um, not just from a personal standpoint, but from seeing a lot of peers that I interact with as well as, well as on more, more of a macro level in the region. Uh, it's not news that mental health, it's a area of concern for a lot of fast-paced Asian countries and cities, and yet it's the highest stigma in the world and a lot of people who need help just don't know where to start.
0: Theo decided that he wanted to help bridge these gaps that he discovered. This led to the birth of Intellect.
1: Intellect was founded in late 2019 by myself and my co-founder Anurag, who's our CTO, to basically democratize access to this um, with a very simple, problem statements, how do we make mental health support a lot more accessible and importantly, shift the narrative of how people perceive mental health from a clinical perspective to one that's more everyday as well.
0: 2019 doesn't feel that long ago, but since Intellect was founded, a lot has changed in the mental health scene. At the time, it didn't feel nearly as important as it does now.
1: When we started back in late 2019, um, this was pre-COVID, so mental health was not a need to have, it it was a nice to have. a lot of time speaking with HR professionals, clinicians, experts, and just general consumers on, on the space. And one of the, the conclusive things we, we had was that this was a need, but people needed to know how to access it easily. And uh, to me, it was, wasn't a matter of if mental health would be a thing, it's when it would be a thing. It clearly has changed whereby mental health is, in, in many senses, talked of down for the past 24 months or so. You've seen this on the... Individual level, on the media level, on a company, or even government level, in Singapore and many regional countries, have maintained some form of, of a um, stance on in implementing mental health for their workforces. So that's that's been really exciting.
0: Of course, the pandemic was a catalyst for a lot of this change.
1: It would have happened regardless of whether the pandemic happened. This fast tracked things by three to five years easily, and I think that's a one of the few silver linings from the pandemic. Digital health in general had a huge uptick and mental health was one that had a double uptick just because a lot of people actually not just couldn't go out, but they had struggles with mental health from, from being cooped up for like 12 months or so. So 2021 was when some companies started actioning on it quite a bit more, where large companies, tech companies, they have taken, they have had enough time to absorb it from a management level, from a HR level and from you know, even an individual level standpoint, and they're now actioning on it.
0: Silver learning is right. As someone who struggled with my own issues for about half my life now, the stories that have come out over the last couple of years at least let me know that I wasn't alone in fighting these monsters. And the fact that companies are increasingly looking out for their employees' mental well-being now is also great to hear.
1: Uh, what we've seen today is that, quite simply, not even just the, the growth stage ones, we work with a lot of great brands from Um, Foodpanda to Shopback, Shopee, and more. As clients today, those are large-scale ones. We've even seen a lot of earlier-stage startups. Um, Recently, we had a couple of, I think, 20-packs hit count. So, like, not just one, but a couple of them just reaching out saying, this is quite top of mind for us. Um, Do you guys cater to this size of business?
0: Employers are starting to understand that taking care of employees simply makes good business sense. Of course, I'd rather they
1: thought about it altruistically, but as long as it helps, I guess. So I think the, the stats are quite clear that in, in many research studies, not just ours that we do, but with many global ones, that employees who don't feel well tend to not perform well, tend to quit, tend to... And everything else that so you you've heard and seen of the great resignation and, and everything else that, that's happening now as well. So the stats clearly show that if employees are not mentally um, well or, or in, in a healthy range, it will affect the business bottom line in many, many ways that um they, they may not comprehend. For better or for worse, the world is changing. People's expectations are changing as well. When employees and individuals go to find a job, it no longer is just about the package of the, the compensation. Of course, that's a factor with everyone. But it's also about what benefits do I have? Um, is uh, are my is the company policy, policy flexible? Can I work from home? Can I work from office? And do I get cared for mentally? Um, and other forms of care as well. So the truth is that employees uh, expectations are massively changing across the world, and Asia is not spared. Um, and employees need to get up to the times to actually help their own businesses thrive as well for the long haul. You're not doing this just because you're covering your your holes or, or you're covering your, your your gaps or whatnot. Um, doing this actually has massive return for the company in itself. It's a positive. It's not it's not like a uh, you're not you're not plugging a, a leak. If you invest in this one, you, you get it thriving you have massively longer retention, you have a lot more motivated employees with better morale. There must
0: have been some basic understanding of this concept before, because apparently, companies have provided support resources before.
1: Mental is a benefit isn't, isn't entirely new. Even in Asia, there are something called EAPs, uh, Employee Assistance Programs, which are incumbents in the space, have been around for decades. They are quite simply distress helplines. So most Medium-sized search companies have it in place and it's, it's like a safety net. So good safety net, but no one uses it. Literally, we see consistently 1% or less utilization across the board. Uh, on the note on EAPs, right? Why did Why, why was
0: utilization so low before? What do you think that was the case?
1: I think the whole approach of how it's framed is this is a distress helpline, which already, as is with all the stigma, puts a lot of people off. That's one big But Another key thing that uh, we've seen is, uh, and this is probably not news to a lot of people, is that a lot of people are concerned about how If I use this helpline, how does that reflect on me? Will my employer know, would this affect my review and my promotions and everything else that will come with it?
0: And therein lies another important hurdle in the pursuit of mental health, stigma. The thing with stigmatization is that it comes in many forms. Of course, if most people treat mental health like a taboo topic, then I'd be less likely to tell someone about my troubles. However, there's also self-stigmatization. Even when I know I need help, I keep finding excuses to put off actually doing something about it. It's a bad habit. I haven't completely shaken off yet.
1: Awareness has come, but behavioral change takes a lot more time to actually happen. So, which is why it took two years to actually have people start um, massively investing in in, in mental health and, and we just think it's getting started. Behavior change takes years and years to happen. We know we talk about it, logically makes sense, but for us to go and see a therapist, it probably still takes a bit of us a bit more courage and guts to go in, out to see a therapist. So I think that's a key thing that we cannot be complacent and think that the job here is done. I think there needs to be continuous and, if anything, one of confidence that there'll be increased effort now that it's a lot more talked about. But just to be aware that it's not done, uh, it's just getting started. Uh, Mendolf isn't just clinical. I, I think this is an ongoing effort whereby we want to destigmatize mental health. We have traditionally or historically seen mental as just clinical distress. I um, mean, in Singapore, you think of IMH. In other countries, I think of like mental illness and an the equivalent of IMH, if, if um, which is a mental health institute in, in Singapore, right? So mental health applies to everyone. It's on a the spectrum. There is a healthy range where people are thriving. There is a medium struggling range, no, not managing range, that people are stressed and things that we all are probably are in. And then there's the clinical struggling stage where we need more higher touch clinical care. Mental health applies to all of us, all right? Um, Start early, be proactive. don't wait till you actually need clinical care.
0: The spectrum point really rings true for me. Depending on various factors, I have days where I feel like I can do no wrong and also days where I second guess myself for even the most routine tasks. While not completely foolproof, maintaining this awareness of the way my mental state can flow one way or the other goes a long way towards helping me navigate the fast-changing industry that I work in and, well, life in general. As you might expect, this awareness is all the more important for founders and entrepreneurs.
1: There is no mystery that working at startup is fast-paced. And yet, at the same time, founders and employers need to be very aware that humans are still humans. Even founders themselves, and and, and, uh, many founders I know and speak with, have many dark days as well, right? Even on the outset, you see huge fundraise announcement, you see huge milestones, many dark days that people don't see and and, and hear of as well. I think working with a therapist has helped me grow a lot, and today I still see a therapist, and I highly recommend founders see therapists in general, because it would help a lot. Your own pillar of of your family and and loved ones also matter. They probably cannot relate on the work struggle specifically, but having, you know, that, that, that foundational support is massively helpful as well. Um... But yes, I, I think having someone that can relate on the topics they're talking about, founders, would help. Having someone that can support on the mental topics, a professional, would also help. It's a
0: message you'll hear quite a bit throughout this series, but managing one's mental well being is a personal journey in many, many ways. Theo has his preferences, but different things work for different people.
1: Every month or so, I'll probably do a session, or, or when more of a stressful period, I may do a weekly session. Mm. Um, the, the, the beauty of it is that you don't, there isn't a one-size-fits-all. Some folks come in or you see a therapist once every quarter, some once a year, or some every week. Um, whatever helps you and whatever you can, you can manage to access would work as well. From a founder perspective, if founders out there are listening, um, it's really important for yourselves. And I think it's important to take note of for your employees. And I think as we just discussed earlier, it's, it's not grow, 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 and just keep going it actually helps a lot if you just take pause for, for at certain junctures when you can to assess how folks are and it's especially important for growth, hyper-growth companies right? All right. and I think, um, just to give you an example we went from 5 people last year to to now 60, 70 plus people and it's a massive change from how I interact with the people, our team internally and externally as well so uh, I think it's important to actually reassess how you work how your people work and and, and Mental health typically is at the core of a lot of these things.
0: To be quite frank, as aware as I might be of my own mental health and my need for support and help, it's been a real stop-start journey so far. Part of it is simply due to my daily responsibilities. There's work, of course, and as someone who recently got married and moved out, there are just a whole lot of new life responsibilities to handle. The other part of it is that it's not easy to find the exact kind of help I want or need. As I mentioned before, mental health is a very personal thing. For example, even if two people have the same condition, they may have vastly different reactions to the same therapist. Thankfully, Theo believes that more specific forms of accessible help are likely to pop up in the future.
1: For the space in itself, what I enter space, there'll be more and more players and, and, uh, coming up. And overall, I think that's a good net positive for everyone. Um, mental health, it's just getting started as a space. And I think with most things... Not for everything, but at least for our space, healthcare, I believe, isn't a zero sum game, right? It takes a whole army to, to make a movement happen. And um, we do anticipate to see more and more of that trend picking up, which um, I think is a net positive for everyone. And I think for the years to come, we only see a massive spike. I, I do think this is just the cups of us getting started in space. Mm. Uh, despite all the talk that's happening, now is where the action actually begins. What I think is exciting next up is f- um, as if every space is targeting more niche sectors of, of audiences. Um, you probably have people looking into youth um, with more adolescent mental health. You've got folks maybe looking at more senior um, mental health and, and the like as well. And I think there's just so many ways to slice it, right? Going a bit more narrow, but deep rather than, than broad. Once the market matures, there'll be other needs for other um, angles as well.
0: At this point of the conversation, I was feeling a little bit of indignation. As someone who's had to wrangle with these complex thoughts and feelings for so long, why did it take until now for something so important, so absolutely necessary to hit the mainstream and get the innovation, investment, and attention it needs?
1: I fundamentally believe that anyone can relate to their mental health, or to mental health in general. Everyone has their struggles, everyone has their bad habits, everyone has things that they wish they were a bit more resilient or better at or whatnot.
0: Better late than never, I guess. Clearly, there's still room for improvement. But at the general level, perceptions of mental well-being have been improving. The sooner it becomes truly mainstream and normalized, the better. Then people like me wouldn't keep neglecting seeking help for it. Hopefully, the little learning journey I'm on here with vibe check goes a little way towards making that happen. That said, this is just scratching the surface. I've had some really dark thoughts before. Failure and self-doubt can combine to make a truly toxic concoction. Thankfully, I didn't act on any of those thoughts. But I know that this rabbit hole goes much deeper. The question is, by how much? And what does it take for someone to come back to quote-unquote normalcy after they thumb those debts and are forced to face their worst demons?
1: I think cognitively, I was just like, oh my goodness, all these feelings, and I just don't want to be here, but I I still want to be here, but I want to fix myself, but I can't. Um, That kind of drove me to um yeah to the top of a 20-story building where i i really wanted to kill myself that day
0: i talked to calm collective asia co-founder sabrina ui about her remarkable journey for episode two of vibe check vibe check mental health in the startup world is a podcast by tech in asia special thanks to the intellect team and theodoric chu for taking the time to speak with me As I mentioned, Intellect is a mental health app that makes mental health education and professional help accessible. Do check them out. This is episode one of five in this podcast mini series. I hope you learned as much as I did from my conversation with Theodoric and that you'll join me in the next episode. My name's Winston, thanks for listening.